Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. study on talk shoe. Appreciate you folks there in the chat room. It's uh, quite a few there, and I appreciate it very much. How you doing, Brother David? I'm doing excellent, Pastor Don, and I'm really looking forward to the Bible study tonight. Amen, brother. Absolutely. I always look forward to meeting with you guys and and um, opening the book and discussing things and getting your slant on things and everything. I'm not the only one that, you know, I enjoy listening, hearing y'all. Like before the program, I I enjoy those comments from the guests. You know, guest three, you get the nail on the head about hear everybody running around claiming the name of Christ, and they don't even have a. Again, Christ is not even in them. That's um, that's exactly what the scripture said would happen. But anyway, brother David, if you would open us in a word of prayer, brother. Certainly will. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you tonight with expectancy with joy knowing that you delight in meeting with us. We first of all ask that you cleanse us by your blood and bring to remembrance of us any sin in our life that we have unrepented of. And Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for an anointing of the Holy Spirit, that your Holy Spirit would come and minister through dawn, and that you would teach us, that you would exhort us, that you would encourage us, that you would reveal areas of problems or sins in our lives, that you would reveal to us the reason why things go on, what's going on. You'd give us answers to problems, to situations, that you'd teach us how we could live more righteously and bring delight to you and be more effective workers in the kingdom of God. And I pray that I'd be able to uh, read the word without stumbling and emphasizing that that needs to be emphasized and not running over Don as he's talking. In the name of Jesus, I pray, so be it. Amen. Amen. Okay, folks, we're going to uh, 
we got the other night to um, the late 40s into the 50s, and I made mention, talked a little bit about the um, so-called quote-unquote Roswell incident and the birth of uh, these so-called flying objects into um, into public awareness. And I made mention of, of how it, it's growing, and folks, it is growing, and it's not going away. Therefore, it's not just a fad. I mean, we've had it now for um, over 50 years, half a century. And like I said, it's not going away. Therefore, that should throw up a red. And whether you follow it, for the people that pay no attention, it, it's immaterial. That, that's, uh, that, that doesn't matter. See, people get this mindset because they, they get in their head that just because you don't think there's anything to it or because you don't, study it or because you haven't paid any attention to it or you think it's all ludicrous and that folks you re, do you realize what that what kind of thinking that is do you realize that unknowingly what you've done to yourself making yourself this island where nothing matters but what you think is right or wrong or what you think is important do you do you realize how subtle that is? It's 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 um it's straight out of the pits of hell, and it's been incorporated into our mindset. And when that gets incorporated into the mindset, it slowly slowly takes people's minds away from anybody other than their self. In other words, their people as a whole goes by the wayside. It only matters about you and your family and who you're concerned with, see. To some that hear that, you, it might sound blasphemous for me to be bad-mouthing that way of thinking. That's how far we've come, folks. That's how far we as a people have went down the rabbit hole. Well, it's just different. Yes, it's different today. Why is it different today? Because we've allowed it to be different today. People, the ones that control what you think, what you eat, what you put on, what you listen to, what you do, the the laws that's passed, everything. I don't care where you're at. Is done by a handful, and everybody and every the majority the the you're talking about a myopic bunch. If all of a sudden in the next hour, the worker bees and the and the majority for just a second woke up and realized of of who and what is ruling them and dictating in their life and their children's lives and their people's lives the direction they're heading that steer history that steer what's known and what's not known now say I'm not talking about God now put that to the side the Lord to the side just for a second just if if they understood if they woke up there would be there would be a snowball's chance in hell this could go any further. If just our people, if God's people, if the Adamic people,
as a whole, would you not for an hour <laughs> thought-wise and agree on something it wouldn't, that the rest of the world would not stand a snowball's chance in hell? That's why the 7.7%, which has stayed steady throughout the ages, has discovered, explored, set the laws, the rules down for the rest of the world, basically speaking. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm saying as a whole. Because the power of God was in God's people, and that's who he chose, that's who he decided to bless. Some unconditional blessings. But anyway, back to the original point that I was trying to make. Everything has two, there's two, there's two, let me, let me put it this way. Everybody wants to make a big deal about this little thing here and that little thing there and they say this is the problem here and that's the problem there or try to make the problem people here or people there. Folks, this is the, I'm going to tell you what the problem is and this is going to be old hat. This is going to be simplistic to the point of a child could understand it if they would, if you just unclutter the mind and think about what I'm fixing to say. When the creation was made, when the Lord decided to roll out the stage, this, this play that's going on, and put the actors down here and get everything to rolling, it was all established under the one precept of an absolute truth, an absolute authority figure. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree or not is immaterial. You and I and everyone else listens to somebody or something. There is an authority figure that dictates your thoughts to a certain degree somewhere in your life. It may be a father figure. It may be a political figure. It may be a child. It may be a certain uh, set of books that you read, and it may it may be any. It could be anything. No man's an island. No man. Paul said, "No man liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself." No matter how independent you think you are. No matter how independent you try to be. See, the Father set it up in the perfect situation to where what he said went. Every word he said was what the authority was. That was absolute truth. See, the world teaches that there is no absolute truth. It's called relativism. The whole universe from the very beginning of creation all the way to Job 38 and 39, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Things were perfect then. Until one thing happened. What, somebody kill somebody? Or did somebody steal something? Or No, no, no. 
somebody went against the absolute truth. The authority figure. And hence was born so-called free will, pride, and it's been going downhill ever since. The original sin was not sex. The original sin was questioning absolute authority. So, if that be true, and it can't be argued with, it, it, there's no, you can, there, it's, it's an unarguable, if that's a word. You can take everything back and you can build off of that one thing. This idea of uh, belief systems, or oh, that's their belief system, or that's their truth. See, do you see the devilish deception in that? Sure do. And the the very fact that the Father, the sovereign, omnipotent creator, set it up for there to be absolute truth. He's responsible for keeping that absolute truth available to you and I and his people. I say he's responsible. No, he promises he'll do it. Not only is he responsible for it, he promises he'll do it. So the problems we run into when it comes to deception, when it comes to sin, when it comes to wars, arguments, when it comes to division, it all boils down back to one thing. See, it all goes back to Genesis chapter 3. See, but that's not, see, that's not new. That's not ear tickling. That's not, um, that's not profound. That's not deep and dark. See, no, it's plain black and white English stuck right in front of everyone's face that will read it and believe it. Questioning what God said is the very beginning of every trouble, every deception, everything. That's the big, that's see, all the free willers, all the, every, everything, that one, that one act of rebelling against authority. That one act instituted by H.R. Puff and stuff, Lucifer, Satan, you know, Nakash, call him anything you want to. Every problem we have today can be traced right back to Genesis chapter 3. And it's real clear there, isn't it, Pastor Don? Like you don't have to read in between the lines and you don't need to open a Hebrew dictionary or a Strong's <laughs> Concordance or anything. No, you don't, brother. See, that, see it's, too simple to, it's too simple to believe, folks. Let me just say it put it like what, what most people think. That's too simple. See, there must be a deep esoteric something out there. You have to pull up a rock somewhere and discover something to find this out. See, that, that will solve the problems of the world, see. See, the foolishness of God is wiser than man, folks. And the wisdom of man is foolishness with God. It's so simple. A three-year-old that can read can get this. And like Brother David said, there's nothing. You don't have to go to no Greek, Hebrew. You don't have to dig out no uh, interlinear. You don't have to do nothing but believe what you read. 
You say it can't be that simple. It is. It's that simple. And if you extrapolate all the way down through these 6,000 plus years, every time there was a sideways movement made away from the absolute authority, then that's where the problems came. Every time. <clears throat> and like I said, the one that set it all up promised he would always have it for you to get. You wouldn't have to, and, and he, he's done it. Oh, it's been it's been a supernatural thing that nobody, if they deal with it from a pragmatic scientific standpoint, I say use that word very loosely these days, okay? But real science, not science falsely so-called, but if you deal with it from any direction, mathematical, you know, real science, pragmatic, philosophical, it makes no difference. It's an absolute miracle of what has taken place. And the simplicity of the Father to be able to have that truth for you, if you will accept it, if you will believe it, he just sits back and watches. And he warns in his book. He promised he'd preserve his words forever. And God cannot lie. Now, either he lied and just might as well throw it out and eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we Or either he told the truth. See, there again, we run across a choice we make of belief or unbelief. See, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, this is so simple. This is nothing groundbreaking. This is nothing profound about this. It's just an absolute fact that cannot be refuted. And when the people that try to refute it and something bigger, well, they're, 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 they're datering from the very fact of what I'm trying to say, the very fact of the absolute authority. That's what Satan did. And anybody that does that does the same thing. Now, see, after having said that, then it's up to you to make, see, you're going to say, well, I this, I that, see, therein lies the problem again. It's I, I, me, me again. It's the very same thing that caused it to start with in eternity past. I ascend above the Most High. I will set my throne above the stars of God. I will be how simple that is but it's so simple it must be something deeper it must be hidden under here it must be in the Hebrew roots no it's not it's right there in front of your face to solve the problems in the present you have to understand where the problem started in the past So, if you agree, if you you'll come to the agreement that okay, it's absolute authority that because the world see the Babylonian mindset or the world mindset is confusion. You've got two polar opposites. You have God that says there's absolute truth, and you have the world that said that says nothing's absolute. It's according to what you think. 
see how unprofound that is, but yet how profound it really is and how it plays a part in our life, in our people's lives. And the ones that can manipulate this fact have no problem controlling what you or I eventually will do unless we pull aside and decide to make the stand to stand with the Father. To make that stand causes all this problems, like the stuff that I mentioned last night, that, that will cause all that suffering, all, all that stuff. And human nature being as it is, we love to take the path of least resistance. If we run across something that uh, ruffles our feathers or kind of... Um, <laughs> We don't like it. Oh, we're going we, we, as as an individual, as human nature would dictate. We're going to look find something. Well, maybe I'm wrong about this. Either. Maybe that's not really what what God said. Maybe it's something. Maybe it's different somewhere. Maybe I can look around and find something that more lines up with the way I think it ought to be. See, you won't admit that unless you're just pure, one hundred percent honest with yourself and God. But it's the truth. I've done it myself, folks. That's human nature. When we don't do that, we're in the will of God. And when we do do that, we're out of the will of God, plain and simple. You've got, you got the world's mindset, the Babylonian mindset, which is confusion. It causes confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. God is a God of order. He's a God of truth, of absolute truth, not relative truth. where there's no ambiguity. He's a God of no ambiguity. The opposite is, is just the opposite. The, like I said, the Babylonian, satanic mindset is just the opposite. And that's where the major, 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 major majority of people, and I'm when I say that, I'm not talking about, you know, the people in China or, or Africa or... You know, the people at the first mess of this church of Detroit. or I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about all the way down in the remnant, in the body of Christ. It's going on there. It's all, it, 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 it keeps dividing. It keeps dividing. And the, and the remnant gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And the deception gets wider and wider and wider. Of course, that's what the book says. That's exactly what the book says. That's the way it's going to be. But don't ever, don't, don't, don't let the least bit of that stick to you. In other words, don't find a place where you're comfortable with that mindset. Always challenge that kind of mindset. I'm talking about challenging this relativism. That the, always throw it to the side. Don't be don't be comfortable in any area of your life with that type of thinking. Because once you do, once you set aside a certain part of what you think, how you think, once you set aside a certain part, you say, "Well, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to do this, folks." A little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. And the one that was wiser than Daniel 
and made the greatest men of character and the greatest men of belief and faith in the Word of God fall, you don't think he can make he he can sift you like wheat if you allow that to happen. And we're all guilty of it, folks. We're all guilty of it. See, there's a whole lot more to our service for the Father and a whole lot more to sin than sin transgression of the law. <laughs> a whole lot more to it, folks. That part is a lot deeper. Final authority. What authority figure do you listen to? Do you listen to an authority figure that challenges you on a regular basis to prove to yourself the absolute authority? Do you pay attention to that? When the Scriptures plainly say, prove all things, Hold fast to that which is good. I say, well, how do you prove such and such and such and such? Acts 17.11. The Bereans did it. They searched the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. Well, if that's the way they found proved all things, then they must have had the scriptures. And guess what? The same thing applies to you Bereans. You must have the absolute authority of the Word of God to find out those truths now, or else those admonitions of prove all things holds no water today. And and it's not scattered out, part of it in China, part of it in Canada, part of it in Great Britain, part of it in Germany, part of it in Mexico, part of it in the United States. No, no, it's not. It's not scattered out in uh, the University of Cambridge and Harvard University. It's not scattered there across the sea. No, no. Not scattered from California to New York. It's not separated like that. It's not separated even from Alabama. It's not separated from one city to the other. You can find it in a dime store. your English Bible. And anything you reach and try to go a different way is going to lead to confusion, and God's not the author of confusion. And you can spin your wheels, turn upside down, fly, flip, do anything you want to do. You say, why is he talking about that again? Because this is only, this is part of the deception that we're talking about in this timeline deception. And, it, and, and all the other deceptions have to be filtered through the absolute truth, see? And all the other deceptions have a foundation where they come from. And it all goes back to Genesis chapter 3, doubting what God said. Somebody that has... um, spent 30 or 40 years 
with the ideas and of being taught something totally contrary to what I've just spent 10 minutes, 15 minutes trying to explain in a mild tone, not screaming and yelling, and trying to make the importance of it come out. Somebody that's uh, done something different all their life, and everything's been relatively cool, you know, is going to question. Even you're going to question what I just got through saying. And if you see immediately, yea, hath God said, you say either he lied or he told the truth. It's that simple. There is no no ifs and ands and buts about it. There's no, well, what about this? What about that? There's none of that about it. Either the Creator is in total control of the universe and is able to keep His Word and keep that absolute truth available so you can prove all things, or else there should be no judgment. He has no right to judge you, me, or anybody else. If truth is relative, he has no right. If he didn't preserve the absolute truth for your authority figure, to be your authority figure, for you to be able, if he didn't do that, then he has no right to judge you. I have no problem saying that because it's true. Because the Word of God's filled with the promises that he will. Man's the one that told you otherwise. God didn't tell you that. Somebody that you listen to, oh, I'm independent, I don't listen to nobody. Folks, we all do. We all do, no matter how independent-minded we think we are. No man liveth to himself, no man dieth to himself. Somebody will influence you. You will allow somebody to influence you. Choose wisely. Those choices. See, there wouldn't have been no choices if it hadn't have been for Genesis 3. Wouldn't have been no free will. Satan's the author of that, not the Lord. See, um, Pastor Don, one of the problem areas here is that people search the scriptures to find evidence of to self-justify what they believe, uh, to justify their doctrines, to justify what they want, to justify what they want God to give them. They search the scriptures daily to find out what, you know, God's going to agree with them. And it's totally opposite. The Bereans searched the scriptures daily to find out what God said, to see whether what these things Paul was teaching were really what God said. They were willing to change. Just show me and I'll change. But a lot of people are the other way. They search the scriptures to prove what they believe rather than to change. Absolutely, Brother David. That's outstanding and it's absolute fact. Been guilty of it myself. And it's the truth. And it all boils down to one word, another letter, I. See, what mm, Brother David yeah. is saying is that the Bereans took the the presented truth and went to the absolute truth to find out if it lined up. See, they didn't go in with what they wanted 
to see if they were right and he was wrong. No, they went to check to see if the absolute truth backed up what Paul was presenting. Is that right, Brother David? Amen. Amen, exactly. That's exactly what they did. And whenever, and see, I'm, what I'm trying to do is what the Word of God tries to do, and that is tear you down to the point to where you realize the only strength and power you have is God himself and the spirit that dwelleth in you. That's your power. It's not your power of free thought. It's not your power of free will. That, that's, every bit of that's contrary to the Father because everything's for his pleasure, folks. Nobody, you're not going to get around that one no matter how hard you or anybody else tries. That's the reason for the dome and the snow globe <laughs> that we're going to get into in a few minutes. But I, I, I want to be succinct, calm, make valid points to where you think about this. And if it's settled in your mind, you have no problem with it, then you should be able to show others the same thing. Because, folks, this, our people, and, and d look around you at the problems. Okay? People follow the wrong thing. They believe the wrong thing. There's a reason for that. Anyway, enough about the old King Gun Bubba. Enough about that for right now. But just... Think about that. To think if whether I'm telling you what I'm telling you is absolutely ludicrous and a lie, or is it the truth? See if God does promise these things I'm telling you that he did promise. See if the scriptures bear it out. Don't run to try to find something like Brother David said to prove your point. See if what I'm telling you is true. See, I already know because I've been doing this over 40 years, I already know what the truth is. There is no truth for me and a truth for you, and both of them be true. That's, that's the lie of the pits of hell. There is no, your truth is for you and my truth is for me. Do you understand? Do you realize how stupid and how insane that is in the mindset of God? See, that's what, the, that's what the Babylonian world has thrust into your mind over the last hundred years through our, into our people, into our culture, is relativism. To where people are comfortable in their sin. Therefore, the fruits of that are what you see around you. Race mixing, multiculturalism, that's the fruits, folks. That's the fruits of not believing what God said. Back when people did believe what God said, that was the good time. That's the blessing time. You have, of course you had those that didn't, but it was it was clear cut. They did it on their own free, on their own fruition. They, they took the punishment, the penalties for it. See? 
Now then, that everybody has their own little special truth, they think they're right and have no reason to change. You see what I mean? Is that clear, Brother David? Amen, Pastor. Okay. Let's go to the book of Enoch now and, and let's, uh, this extra canonical book and, and listen to what Enoch saw when he was taken all around and showed a bunch of stuff. Okay, Brother David, you can just um, okay. go back there. Uh, and cha- chapter 28 we stopped last time. Okay. I don't have the book of Enoch in front of me myself, so I'm just going to rely on you. So go right ahead. Okay. Okay, chapter 28, verse 1. And thence I went towards the east into the midst of the mountain range of the desert. And I saw a wilderness, and it was solitary, full of trees and plants, and water gushed forth from above rushing like a copious watercourse, which flowed towards the northwest. It caused clouds and dew to ascend on every side. Next chapter, chapter 29. And thence I went to another place in the desert, and approached to the east of this mountain range, and there I saw aromatic trees, exhaling the fragrance of frankincense and myrrh, and the trees also were similar to the almond tree. Okay, Brother David, uh, for anybody that's new in here, explain where Enoch is at, where where all Uh, this stuff he's seeing is is at, because I'm sure... The center of the earth. Okay, okay. Just wanted you folks to get that. The hollow earth. (laughs) Yes. By center, we mean underneath the ground. That's correct. Go ahead. Chapter 30, verse 1. And beyond these, I went afar to the east, and I saw another place, a valley full of water. And therein there was a tree, the color of fragrance tree, fragrant trees, such as the mastic. And on the sides of those valleys, I saw fragrant cinnamon. And beyond these, I proceeded to the east. Chapter 31. And I saw... Other mountains, and amongst them were groves of trees, and there flowed forth from them nectar, which is named Serar and Galbanum. And beyond these mountains I saw another mountain, to the east of the ends of the earth, whereon were aloe trees, and all the trees were full of stactic, being like almond trees, and when one burnt it, it smelt sweeter than any fragrant odor. Odor, Chapter 32. And after these fragrant odors, as I looked towards the north over the mountains, I saw seven mountains full of choice nard and fragrant trees and cinnamon and pepper. And thence I went over the summits of all these mountains, far towards the east of the earth, and passed above the Erythian Sea, and went far from it, and passed over the angel Zotial. And I came to the garden of righteousness, and saw beyond those trees many large trees growing there, and of goodly fragrance, large, very beautiful, and glorious. And okay. the, I, want you, I want you to stop right there for just a second okay. and make a comment. What what Enoch is doing, he's describing, now like I said, this is extra canonical, all right? 
This is not. I'm not saying that the book of Enoch should be taken at all in the same, put in the same category as the canonized scripture. I'm not saying that, folks. I'm just telling you the very fact, the very one simple thing that he's describing something contrary to what the world teaches. See, this you can back this up to a certain degree in the canonized scripture. See, once, but once you throw out Luke 16, once you make that a parable, once you go to Ephesians chapter 2 and throw that out, where Christ went to the center of the earth, see, once you throw out Hebrew cosmology of the, of the, of the earth and the way the Bible portrays the earth and its geographical locations, once you do that, you're right on board with the Babylonian mindset again with science falsely so-called again, which they get proven over and over and over is nothing but a bald-faced lie. And you're warned against it in 1 Timothy chapter 6. The only Bible you're going to get the warning in is the absolute authority. Beware of science falsely so-called. Isn't that strange? Why didn't anybody else... Put it in their quote-unquote translations. Why? I wonder. Go ahead, Brother David. Yes, and um, you know that the people, the ancients, the patriarchs, and the fathers of the church, when they read Enoch, they approached it a totally different way. Yes, they did. This wasn't crossing their mind. They didn't have to come up with the new concept of the earths or the planets or the cosmos. That's correct. They seen in here things a lot more clearly that this is the way it was. And so when it came to examining Scripture, the the canon of Scripture, and comparing it to Enoch, they weren't like out in left field saying, what's all this all about? Okay. They were like, yeah, amen, I see that in the Scriptures too. It's going in line, a lot of it, right? Sure, absolutely. They didn't have a problem with it. Didn't have a problem okay. with it at all. Now, folks, let me tell you something. The early church fathers... Irenaeus, Polycarp, Ignatius, Justin Martyr, all those people, the Anti-Nicene Fathers, they took every word that Brother David's reading to you as Scripture. They had no problem believing every word of that. And what, uh, what Don is saying right here, if you have different, there's different versions of Enoch, they vary slightly. I have a a Lawrence edition, 1872, uh, Ethiopic. The wording is a bit different. There's some, you know, a little bit of additions here and things that aren't mentioned, but they're basically the same. But if you look at the, the there's several pages of the history of the book of Enoch, and you can find this right online. There's different versions. Some of them go into, like, uh, whole chapters explaining where the book of Enoch came from. And it's what Don is saying is absolutely fact. They treated it just the same as any other scripture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just read that today. The reason R. H. Charles is the most reliable edition of the Book of Enoch that we that we have in the public. I've mentioned to you folks before that there is a copy of the Book of Enoch that's never saw public eyes. I've mentioned that to you, that yes. was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, okay? We don't have a clue what it says. It's in private hands. But 
the thing about it is, folks, the R.H. Charles, the reason R.H. Charles is the edition that we read from and that we, that we pretty much stick to is because it is the one that lines up with the canonized scriptures the best. Just wanted to get that out of the way. Go ahead, brother. Okay, 32, verse 4. That tree is in height like the fir, and its leaves are like those of the carob tree, and its fruit is like the clusters of the vine. Very beautiful, and fragrance of the tree penetrates afar. Then I said, how beautiful is the tree, and how attractive it is to look. Then Raphael, the holy angel who was with me, answered me and said, This is the tree of wisdom, of which thy father, old in years, and thy aged mother, who were before thee, have eaten, and they learnt wisdom. And their eyes were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they were driven out of the garden. There you go. Chapter 33. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Chapter 33, verse 1. And from thence I went to the ends of the earth, and saw their great beasts, and each differed from the other. And I saw birds also differing in appearance, and beauty, and voice the one differing from the other. And to the east of those beasts I saw the ends of the earth, whereon the heaven rests, and the portals of the heavens open. Okay, that's where I want you to stop, right there. Mm -hmm. The portals of the heavens. In the canonized scripture, it's called windows. We read a verse the other night in Isaiah 60 talking about Who are these that fly through the air to their windows in the heavens, see, in the clouds? That just Isaiah slaps down in between a context where it it, has absolutely no bearing above or below. He just slaps it in there. And I've made mention ad nauseum about how the Lord makes those statements that has nothing to do with the context. I quoted one the other night about, Though I come in my Father's name and you receive me not, there's going to be one that comes in his own name, him you will receive, and then goes on past the salt, you know. Like, nobody questions what he said. He, it, it's right in the middle of a context that has nothing to do with what he said. It, it's things like that that I told you the other night. I gave you something that I hope you took heed to, and I'm going to say it again, make it clear. Find those, if you, you want you study the Word of God, find those verses. When you come across those verses, write them down. And I'll tell you why. Right now, I told you the other night, I'm going to tell you again. Write those seemingly ambiguous verses that has nothing to do with the context. And then, when you run across a doctrine that the Bible seems to be adhering to, yet it's a little ambiguous, reference back to these verses that seemingly came out of nowhere and see if it doesn't clear up that doctrine. You'll find out Brother Don's telling you the truth. You're not going to get that in any seminary or any Bible college anywhere that I know of, anywhere. That's something that I discovered myself. And Not that I'm smart. It ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm just a dumb hunting, fishing, trapping, country boy. I'm just telling you, do that. Check me out. The Lord may show you some stuff that he has not even hinted to me. 
So, anyway, go ahead, Brother David. Yeah, in verse 2 here also, uh, let's read that again. And to the east of these those beasts I saw the ends of the earth whereon the heaven rests. Okay. okay. That's good. Yes, I'm glad you went back. The edge that. of the earth, right? The flat edge of the earth where the vault of the heaven meets the earth and rests upon the edge of the earth. Okay. This is going to, we can depart here now. And we will deal with what I said the other night, and I'm and the more and more that I look into this as best I can, and the more and more I see it going ballistic amongst the hive mind out there on on this internet. Okay, the flat Earth that the Bible plant, folks from Gen. We're going to talk about that for for a few minutes, brother David. If there's any scripture, I tell you what, turn to Isaiah chapter forty. Okay. And we'll, we'll start off there with Isaiah chapter 40. All right. Where it talks about the Lord says he setteth on the circle of the earth. I started in verse, oh, um, yeah. verse 20. Let's go down from Isaiah 40, verse 20. Okay. Now, before, that is before, so... before Brother David starts reading, let me, let, me, let me say this to some of the listeners that may be in the chat room or maybe somebody comes in here that hasn't come in, that hasn't been here before or had been a long time. I've had to readjust my whole thinking now that I've suitably beyond, and, and in my mind went through Genesis to Revelation to see if there was something I could do in the, that, that the Scriptures would show me that this flat earth stuff was a, 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 a fantasy, a lie, that I had been right, that I, me, what I was taught from the time I was a child that the earth was a globe and the universe was infinite, that I would, that, that was right. That I, I went through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. I spent two, well, this going on now, a month. And folks, I'm telling you, now you check this out. Don't let cognitive dissonance get in your way on this one, okay? That's how important that this deception that's been going on for 500 years is because I believe it's going to play a part at the very end time. All right? There's a, God does nothing by chance, folks. He does nothing by chance. This thing is catching fire. The people are turning to the Word of God. It's turned people's uh, Christians. I'm talking about Christians. I'm not talking about the ones that are new agey. They, you know, there's some of them out there, too. There always is. But Bible-believing Christians, the ones that's going and studying, are coming to the same conclusion. You cannot make the Bible teach a globe earth. There's no such animal in the Word of God. There is none. There's not. One, there's nothing. You can't. It, the, the 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 flat earth is the biblical earth. The enclosed earth, like Brother David just read, the enclosed earth is the biblical earth. No matter how you try to spin it, if you believe the book. Now here's the problem you're going to run into among, I'm talking now about Bible believers. I'm talking about people that have claimed they were biblical literalists, which I did myself. And let this lie permeate even my teaching is hardcore and fist-slamming as I am about the about the Word of God, and I had to repent, and I admitted I was wrong. 
And if I and in the past, if I have if I have taught any kind of theological points that has to have an infinite universe or a spinning globe traveling through the solar system and moving, if I have if I have taught anything in the past that relies on that type of theology, I was wrong. And I will rectify it when I come across it again. I'm telling you, if you go back and listen to the archives, if there's anything I teach that the doctrine or the truth is dependent upon a spinning globe in an infinite universe, I was wrong. I was deceived. It's not that I lied. That's pretty much all of us, Pastor Don. Well, I, 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 amen. I understand that, but it's not that I was a lying. It's not I was I was telling you a lie. I was deceived myself. Amen. I have rectified that now. I've told you that now. I've admitted that now, and there will be no more. If if I run across anything as we're teaching, and I see where in the past I used the theological position of a spinning globe flying through space to help reinforce a truth I was trying to teach, I will bring it to your attention and show you the deception that I had and show you where I was wrong if I run across anything. I just wanted to get that out and tell you that, okay? Because this is going, this is running rampant among, like I said, the hive mind of Bible believers on the Internet. Some won't even touch it with a 10-foot pole. Why? Well, that's between them and God. My opinion, it's a heart problem. And it'll, it's a money problem to some folks. It will be that. I can and I can, and I made the statement the other night. I'm looking forward, and I'm searching every day to find out anybody that's going to take a step forward out of the heavy hitters amongst biblical literalists that's going to step forward and take a stand and admit they were wrong and rearrange their theological teachings that deal with a spinning globe flying through an infinite universe. I'm anxious to see. So far, I haven't seen but one. I'm hearing that there's more than that that are, that are tinkering with it. Well, I, what I say to them, quit tinkering, and believe, if you believe the book, you should. there should be no reason why you shouldn't come forward. Don't say you believe the book, don't say you take the Word of God literally and keep on being silent. Don't do it. A lot of these people that I hear are saying, now, I, and even I did this to start with, folks, three, three or four programs ago. I started off, I said, now, now listen, I, I, as of right now, I still believe in the globe, but the Bible said, see, I was wrong right there. No, I believe what the Scriptures say. And the scriptures say we live on a flat plain earth enclosed by a firmament and everything that we see in the sky is inside of that firmament. That's what I believe. And you'll never hear me deter from that. I know it's true. How do I know it's true? Because that's what the Word of God says. And unless you, unless you go into the book and twist the scriptures and use cognitive dissonance and just want to remain deceived, that's exactly what you will believe, okay? That's 
the bottom line. Just wanted to say that, Brother Dave. If you got anything to add to it, go ahead. Uh, you know, there are. I could. Uh, I have a list right now of about forty scriptures that prove it that I've been writing, you know, looking at and stuff. So, and, and I know my list is by no means conclusive. Right. So, I mean, we could do, uh, you know, just a show just actually reading the scriptures. And that would, you know, if that wouldn't convince somebody, but it's the best thing to go through them like this with explanation, the way that you're doing it. And this is a big thing for a lot of people. For some people, they'll catch on quickly. But for most of it, since we were, you know, in if you went to kindergarten or something or at home with your parents and they were showing, you know, trying to teach you some things, there was always a globe there. Mm-hmm. We were conditioned from the get-go. So, you know, it takes, but if we're open, let's not go like Pastor Don was saying earlier, let's go with our own preconceived ideas that everything I taught about there being a globe and the earth is spinning at a thousand miles an hour and going through around the sun at 600,000 miles an hour and all this stuff is true. And so I'm going to go to the scriptures to prove what I believe. No, let's do what the Bereans did, like Don was saying earlier, we're going to go, hey, is this true? Let's see what the scriptures, I'm putting aside what I think I already know about it, but hey, this sounds like there's something here. Let's go to this and let's take it to the Word of God and look at it. Amen? Well said, brother. All I can say is amen to that. Yeah, folks, listen, listen. Matter of fact, pull your list out, brother, right now. I can't think of no better time. While you're getting your list out, you may already have it out, but get it out. I do. Okay, you do. Well, folks, let me tell you this right right off the get-go. Firmament, let me explain this. I think Brother David's already went and explained what the firmament was, but we'll do it again in just a few minutes. It's mentioned 17 times in the Word of God. 67 times in the Word of God, the Bible plainly states that the earth is unmovable and fixed that it does not move. Sixty-seven times, and there's probably a few more I missed, that the earth is immovable and does not move. If that was only once or twice it said that, in other scriptures that, did, that was otherwise, you could it would be ambiguous. There's nothing ambiguous about it, folks. There's nothing ambiguous about it. And Brother David, just we'll go here with Isaiah 40 and read this yes. this scripture, and then we'll go through some of your list, brother. I think that will be a okay. good thing to do. Okay, we can go through some of them. Um, the firmament, just to let people know, is it can be described as a vault in a modern English language, because we don't use like firmament every day with firmament. What, what do you mean by firmament? It's something. It's like a vault that separates the waters from above from the waters from below. That's right, right, Pastor? That's exactly correct, okay. and this firmament has windows in it. It Amen. has port it has portals in it, folks, okay? It tells you in Genesis nine that the windows of heaven were opened and the waters that were above the waters came through. That was part of the flood. Yes. All right. Now this firmament is rakia in the Hebrew. And it's beaten, if you want to get to the roots, it's it's beaten down like polished brass. It's like a mirror. It's beaten down so thin. You remember in the book of Revelation where it talks about, and I saw a sea of glass? And in Job where it talks about that this firmament is like a mirror 
a polished mirror. Anyway, go ahead, brother. Go ahead with what you're doing. Okay, Isaiah uh, chapter 40, verse 20. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning work workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. By the way, let me stop you right there and explain, folks, that word circle, it it does not mean ball. Okay? Exactly. It, It does not mean ball. It's a circle. Get you a CD. I know all y'all got CDs. And turn and look at it. It's a circle. It's not a ball. The circle word is, um, is um, uh, let me see. Um, oh, shoot. It slips my mind. Um, uh, I'll look it up right here. It's circle, and, and I'll explain what the ball is, too. 2329 is the circle. And it means simply a circle, a circuit, a compass, a vault of the heavens. So it, a circle is a one-dimensional, a flat thing. Okay. Okay. Now, you know what? The reason you know Isaiah, if Isaiah wanted to put a ball in here, he would have, because it, he's fixing to read to you where Isaiah did realize what a ball was, and the word in the Hebrew is doer. It's a, the Hebrew word is doer, and Amen. it means a ball. Go ahead and read that and one, And you can find that in Isaiah twenty nine eighteen, And it's the Strong's word, 1754. And it does mean a ball. I'll go there, Isaiah. It'll just take me a second. 29, 18. And in that day shall the the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. And I've got the wrong. I think it's twenty two eighteen, brother. Yes. That's out of my top of my head. I think it's twenty two eighteen. Okay. He will surely violently turn and toss thee like a ball. There you go. To a large country. There shalt thou die, and there the chariots of thy glory shall be the shame of the Lord's house. Okay, that word, the Hebrew word is doer, totally different than the word used in Isaiah chapter 40 where it says the circle. That lets you know that Isaiah thoroughly knew what a ball was in contrast to what a circle was. Amen, Amen, brother? Okay. Now we can check out some of your other references. Well, um, I would start, I suppose, with Jeremiah sixteen, nineteen. Go ahead. And it says, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth. And shall say, surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. 
And I see there the ends of the earth. This clearly signifies that there is an end someplace at the edges of the earth. You come to an end. That's right. If this is a ball, you never come to an end. You just keep going around and around and around. That's right. And when when the, and see, a lot of people have taken the verse where it says in Revelations and said that the um, where it says the four corners of the earth, and they said, well, they're talking about the four cardinal points. Well, that's ludicrous because you do have a north and a south, but there's no such thing as east and west because once you start going west, you just go and go and go and go and go. Or if you start going yes. east, you just go and go and go, you see. And the ends of the earth means that it has an end. You say, well, what do you do? Just go? Do you fall off? No, you don't because the ends of the earth, we went to... Job the other night, and I read to you, and, and Brother David read to you in Job 38, where the Lord said that the face of the deep is frozen. There is a frozen barrier around this flat earth, and it was found by Admiral Byrd. Now I'll go into some, um, some carnal stuff. Talk about that for just a second. Go into your next reference, brother. Find one of the references where it talks about the earth is immovable and stationary, okay? Okay, but um, I, I think we should just finish Isaiah forty twenty two first. Yeah, go it ahead. is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. That's your firmament. That tent Amen. your firmament, folks. You're inside. Yep. There it is. There, it's right there. And that's not just the ambiguous one little verse. It's throughout the Scripture, folks. Seventeen times, like I said, it talks about this firmament. All right? It tells you in, in the very first chapter of Genesis, I was telling Brother Kevin the other morning, I spent two hours in the first 16 verses just looking at that closely, paying close attention to the way the Lord... And it was right there all along. And because of what I had been taught and my preconceived ideas, I read into the Scripture what's not there. And folks, it, that, that, it, we all have that problem. That's the reason you have to be very careful. Amen, Brother David? Amen. We, Amen. Will, we will read in a preconceived idea. We need to check out those preconceived ideas to see if these things be so. Go ahead, Brother. Okay. Next reference. Okay, the next reference. Uh, how about Proverbs 8.29? When he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment when he appointed the foundations of the earth. So we can see that the earth has a foundation. It, it's not... A ball is out there spinning around. What kind of a foundation is that? It's right. just, you know, spinning around. This is a fixed, immovable place with firm foundations. And we can see that God also, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment. There is an edge of the firmament that... Pastor Don is talking about there is ice that is about two miles high. No, it's not, quite, it's not quite two miles, brother. It's, it's about three, or five, five, three to five hundred feet high. That's just okay. high enough. Okay, go ahead. In yes, some places, there are it, mountains. 
that are that high as well, but it's not entirely the whole length of the, the Earth. But in the Antarctic, there is that area where there are the high mountains. And and folks, if you ju- if you think that this is all silly, when Admiral Byrd went down there, he went he took two trips, three trips down to the Antarctic. The last trip he took down there, he probably and this is all speculation, but it makes sense. He found that. He found the firmament. He found where Brother David read earlier in the book of Enoch, where the heaven meets the earth, where the enclosure yes. meets the earth. All right? They pulled out of there, and the ones that signed the treaty, the Antar- go and read about the Antarctic Treaty. All right? You want to you see something that's totally against the world system and the way the world does things. Go read that Antarctic Treaty. Well, once Admiral Byrd found this thing. Everybody down there pulled out and nobody's allowed down there anymore. Why is that? It's supposed to, in an interview that, that Bird did with CBS News back in the 50s, you can go pull it up online and listen to what he said. He said that this Antarctic was full of gold, uranium, all, the, all, all these natural resources. Well, just think about BP and all these these greedy oil companies and these um, mineral companies, how they pay no attention to Yellowstone National Park, how they pay no attention to any of these other so-called environmental places. They get access to them, and they go in and do it because the love of money is the root of all evil. But they don't mess with Antarctica. I wonder why. I wonder why. The reason. So that's been hid. You say, how could it be hid for all these years? Folks, try and go down there. Try try to go down there yourself and find out what happens. Every clue that you that by the way, I'm I'm going to I'm trying. I'm in the process of trying to have uh, one of the ones that came out with the uh, the clues about this flat Earth. That absolutely went viral on the internet. I'm in the process of trying to get in touch with him when he answers his phone and have him come on the program. And I will let you folks know, give you plenty of time to know in advance when that's going to be. The guy's name, I, I didn't tell you the other night, but I'll go ahead and tell you his name. His name is Mark Sargent. That's yes. his name. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get him on the program. I'll see how if his head's got big or not or if he's still humble like he originally was. But anyway, that's neither here nor there, but I'll go ahead and tell you, that's who I'm going to try to have on the program to give those 11 clues at a later date. Anyway, enough that. And uh, Admiral Byrd's interview is on YouTube, and there's like in 20 or 30 places, well, maybe not 30, like 10, 15 places at least where you can find that interview. So it's readily available to listen to. And also... We mentioned that the Earth is circular, and yet we're saying there's four corners. These are not mutually exclusive. You can have a square with a circle impressed into it. That's right. And notice how we mentioned that there is an outward edge that's between, Pastor Don said, 300 feet and several miles, depending where you are. And that is the flat plane at the top around the impressed circle of the earth that is below it. So the outward edge could be square, 
And that would go along with Scripture saying there's four corners, and yet the inward part where we dwell on, the plane of the earth, is circular. Amen. Amen. Now, now Job chapter 26, verse 9. He holdeth back the face of his throne, and spreadeth his cloud upon it. He hath compassed the waters with bounds, until the day and night come together. So we we can see there again that the waters of the earth, there's a bound around the outside of it. There's bounds around it. It can't transgress the edge. Absolutely. Amen. And in uh, verse 11, the pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his reproof. We can see that the pillars, what do you mean pillars? Heaven is just like gaseous <laughs> water or something. Well, here we are, something solid, something that's holding the heavens like pillars, firm, above us. Amen, brother. Okay, you on. Just give, let me know where you're going before you get there, brother, so I can read along with you. Okay. Um, I'll go to... Well, there's a bunch of verses that the earth is fixed and immovable. That's where I want to go. Okay. One of them so in First Chronicles to... chapter 16. Yeah, verse 30. Let me go there. First Chronicles 16, verse 30. Okay. Fear before him all the earth. The world also shall be stable that it be not moved. So there, of course, Pastor Don, tell him what it means. It means that the world can, <laughs> does not spin around at a thousand miles an hour. It does Amen. not go around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour, and the earth, does not, the earth and the sun do not go around the galaxy at 657,000 miles an hour. It's all made up. It's all... See, folks, what has been done over the last 500 years when they run into a problem that shows, that, that, that backs up the Bible, they invent some type of math to prove what they're saying. That's what they're doing. They, they, they invent some kind of mathematical equation that agrees with what they're trying to teach. That's what they've been doing, folks. And they, 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 it's, it's all about wordsmith. You heard me mention it the other night. They invent this, and then, oh, they teach it, and only a few get in, and that makes them the authority figure that I talked about at the very beginning. They're, that's where you go for the authority on something that you yourself are not capable of, of necessarily studying out like you should. Where if you just took the book for what it said, you wouldn't have to go to them for their authority. Anytime you give way to the military, politics, or science for your proof and your, and your authority figure that you look for to prove what you believe, well, you're a bigger fool. You, I mean, you, and you say you believe in certain conspiracies, and you say that they're wicked. 
why in God's name would you use what they say about the earth when it's contrary to the word of God as your authority to prove a lie? Why would you do that? You see the reasoning? Is that plain, Brother David? Yes, indeed, it definitely is. The authority is what this whole thing's about, folks. The absolute truth is what, it, like I said, it'll boil right back down to Genesis 3. Go ahead, brother, next verse. Okay, next verse, Psalm 93, verse 1. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed, clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established that it cannot be moved. Cannot there be moved again. again. Absolutely. There's 67 verses that say that the earth is fixed and can't be moved. Those of you that are still that, that still think this, that doubt this, check it out in the book. And hey, if you come from the school of allegory and metaphor, you can believe anything you want to believe. See, that's why Brother Don spits and screams all the time about that method of teaching. Because you can just, you can go along with the world 100%. Just like you can lockstep with science, politics, military, you can walk lockstep with them. Because in, in your mindset of allegorical and metaphorical teaching, you can change that book to mean what you want it to say. And that's why I hate it and am against it, and none of the early church fathers would touch it with a 10-foot pole. Go ahead, Brother David. Psalm 96.10, I'll read one more about it being established. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established, that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. And you know, folks, I... Just recently, the abomination on television during a speech took a, sh a pot shot at flat earth believers, or the enclosed earth, I prefer to say. Yes, me too. And he said, oh, we haven't got time to call a meeting of the flat earth society. You know, now that shows me right there that this thing is taking off, and it's a threat to the powers that be, the cabal of banksters, Illuminati, Jews, whatever you want to call them, this is starting to reveal things that they don't want revealed. Amen, and brother. And he had to take a shot. And, I, and I'll say this. You may be asking yourself, oh, what, well, what does it matter whether there's flat around? What does it matter? It, makes, it matters so much, folks that we don't even have a concept of how much it's going to matter in the, in the, in the coming future. See, once you, see, what Brother David said before the program started, what they, if you realize that the earth is enclosed and a plane, that proves God, period. All right? Yes. That's just it. That's why they don't want you to know. Evolution, once you find the ends of the earth and the firmament, once you find it, like it's done been found. You know what happens to evolution? Trash can. Ooh, yes. Trash can. Oh, yeah. You know what happens to space, tra all the money-making financial systems? They fall. Mm. Wall Street crashes. The financial systems across the world crash. Every professor 
that teaches in Maine, in every, every Maine university and school, they lose their job because they can't, because they don't, they've been taught a lie. Now do you see, are you starting to understand why it's important now? It, it brings everybody, it, it makes even the worst doubter, agnostic, atheist, anything, they have to reconsider. They have, oh my goodness, it's true, there is a God. You see how important it is now, folks? You see how important it is for the world to continue on with this agenda, has to keep this secret? And, folks, I'm telling you, it is, it's taking the Internet by wildfire, like a wildfire. There's no telling what's coming in the near future to try to rebut this and put this to rest. But guess what? I don't see how they can. I do not see how they can, especially to Bible believers. Now, you've got this bunch out there, oh, they're coming up with Atlantis, and you've got one person that's a, that's a NASA whistleblower, Named uh, Mark, uh, Boylan, Matt Boylan, he, NASA hired this guy to draw those pretty pictures you see that claim to be space, claim to be nebulous, and all. they hired this guy. Well, he went public. He went public, but he's trying to say he, he's not a Bible believer. You got the, you can always tell these these people that they don't want to. In, they don't want the enclosed model because the enclosed model tells you, you, you know, I'm just going to tell you, what it tells you, there's going to be a judgment, and you're accountable. God and, is right up close to you. He's right up front, center stage, and in your face. Absolutely. If the, if the enclosed earth is true, because there's a real short distance to where his throne is, and he's intimately involved with every detail of what's going on. He's not in some nebulous outer space galaxy, uh, some, you know, far off universe somewhere. No, he's right here, now that right up front. And when you read that verse, it says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the good and evil. That takes on a whole new perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, I never thought of that one. That's a good verse. That takes it takes on a whole new perspective, and folks, if that truth comes, if this truth was to come out, and I I think it might, and I'll tell you why I think it might. It'll be spun because you can rest assured there is a set of folks that's genius level figuring a way to spin this to their to their to their profit in some way. They're figuring out a way that they can spin it to their profit. I've, I've got a few ideas of how they might spin it. But to a person that believes the word of God, you can't spin it. If, if, if the elect, the true elect, believe the book is right no matter what. The true elect. That's the way the elect cannot be deceived, folks. And that even, it, that does a big deal to separating the old, who claim to be the elect and who, who are not, and who are the elect. Because, the elect will hold to the word of God come hell or high water. That's They'll go to the stake believing the book, just like they did during the dark ages. Holding to the book will keep the elect from being deceived. The Lord said if it were possible that the deception would deceive even the very elect, well, if you believe the book, you're not going to be deceived. 
But if you allegorize it and metaphor it and change it and spin it around and make it say what you want it to say, well, the one that's wiser than Daniel can spin it right back on you and make you be believe in a lie. See how simple that was to make everybody to believe a lie, folks? I didn't even think about this. Brother David, stop and think about this. For 500 years, without even trying, they've made the, the 99.999% of everybody believe a lie. Yes. Whoa. Think about that for a second, folks. And if they can do that with such a, a big thing like that, imagine what you know, the deceptions we've been um, victim of. Absolutely. And what's coming in the future. Amen. Um, that NASA guy, uh, It's if you go to YouTube, you can go to NASA channel, N-A-S-A channel. And if you type that in, you'll find all about that guy who did the video work. And he did uh, different kinds of, um, he's an artist and he did a lot of video stuff on computers and animation and NASA hired him to come up with shots of the earth and all this stuff mm-hmm. that Pastor Don was telling you about. This um, might... Go ahead. Okay. What I was going to say was, so they're trying to hide God by doing this, right? Yep. And also they're trying to hide the enemies of God, the fallen angels, the demon spirits. That's they can correct. hide them. They can make them into, oh, you know, they're from Alpha Centurion. They're benevolent creatures from another planet. And they actually gave birth to us. And they shared their DNA with us. And they they were our our creators. And they've come back because they've seen that we made such a big mess of everything. And they're going to help us out. They're going to cure all our diseases and do all that. See, folks, that's that's where it's headed and has been headed in that direction for over 50 years. That's why it won't go away. That's why it wasn't just a fad. Because the world system, the Babylonian system, sees the way that it can be used to their benefit in the final days. People scoff at it, laugh at it, all you want to. But there's a hunt. There is a battle on for the souls of men, folks. See, you don't. If you don't, you don't get that. See. A lot of folks don't understand. I don't even understand it to the to the utmost degree like I should. The Lord said, you don't fear him who can destroy the body. But you ought to fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. That's out of the Lord's mouth. That's not Brother Don. And there's a hunt on. There, there is a battle for the souls of men. Amen. And if you understand that, then you then you'll, you'll be on the right road to understanding what's coming in the very near future because turn to Daniel chapter 11, brother, while I'm talking. Okay. If you understand that, then you 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 as time as the times appointed of the Lord are drawing near. The adversary and all the minions understand that their time is short. Remember what the book says in the the book of Revelation, for Satan knoweth he hath but a short time, so he kicks it into gear. See, I'm not telling you folks anything that's not scriptural. So when those times appointed, and Brother David's fixing to read about some of those times, 
when they under and, and nobody knows that book like say, like Satan and his minions know that book. Nobody knows the character of God as well as the adversary knows the character of God because he used to cover the throne. Now are you starting to understand why all those false teachers out there that tell you there is no such thing as Satan, that he's been bound, all, all that. You see how the false doctrine can, will, can destroy you? It will put your mindset in a different way where you won't get any of this stuff to where if you just believe what the book said or what it said, where it said it, to who he said it, you wouldn't have that problem. And that goes right back to how I began the program about the authority figures you listen to. You think I was making it up? It all goes back, it all boils down back again to believing what God said or doubting what God said. Or believing if he's preserved his word where you could get it or he didn't. You see what I'm saying? How all of it ties together? You see, these false teachers, some of them will try to tell you, oh, you're this soul. You come down here a thousand times and you've been re, re, reincarnated and, oh, have this foot loose and fancy free. Folks, there is so much lying going on out there and resting the scriptures to their own destruction and leading the sheep astray away from the simple trust and belief in the book. You see, in the beginning was the Word, Big W. In the beginning was the Word, see? And little W is the Word of God. It's His representative. It's His it's his mouthpiece as we live in this generation by faith. He does not leave us weaponless. He does not leave us without something to push our backs up against. He's a loving father. God is love. He doesn't leave us groping in the dark with nothing we... No, he doesn't leave us without a firm foundation to put our back up against and stand against. Something worth fighting for, even though we live by faith and not by sight. That's what a loving father he is. And anybody that wants to attack that foundation that we put up our put our back against and rely on for the absolute truth, anybody that attacks that, I want to attack them and spiritually cut their throat out. I said spiritually, so where they can't propagate a lie anymore. Brother or not, Judas rubbed shoulders with the Lord for three and a half years. Judas may have hung himself and went to his own place, but there's plenty of Judases now metaphorically and spiritually speaking. Think about that, okay? Go ahead, Brother David. Yes, as we read chapter uh, Daniel chapter 11, just keep in mind what we're saying. 
that fallen angels and demons, they're interdimensional spirits. Fallen angels are spirit beings. They can come into our dimension. But they're from nowhere else except from our earth. They were originally from somewhere else, but they fell here. Amen. And they're, they're enclosed in this system with us. So they're not coming from anywhere else. And they're just interdimensional, and our low-tech eyeballs can't see them. Yeah. So Amen. we have to trust the Word of God, what it says about them. And they manifest themselves into ministers of righteousness, Paul tells us in Galatians 1. Mm. They're yeah. shapeshifters, folks. I hate to use a worldly term for it, but that's the only way I can get it across to you to where you'll get it, you know, knee-high, right across the plate. They're shapeshifters. They can try. I mean, you remember Balaam's ass talking? You remember the angel standing in yeah. front of Balaam when Balaam was on his way, and the, and the, and the, and the angel was fixing to cut Balaam's head off, and the, and the donkey, the jackass, had to speak. All right? Mm. You know all these things people see, folks, they look like, they call them orbs, some of this stuff. Folks, the truth is out there. I'm telling you, the truth is out there. And it will convince even the worst skeptic if he backs up and puts his back up against the Word of God. I'm not asking you to search out anything that you can't find plain in the Word of God. I'm not asking you to do anything like that. But if the Word of God puts it out there, and you see it out there in the world, you better take heed to it. You better take heed to it. In Daniel chapter 11, what we have is a period of time. It starts out, you know, goes down through history, and then we get into the future, down around verse 17, 18, 19, 20. Now, I want you to watch what takes place here. In Daniel chapter um. Seven, there's another rendition of it. Daniel covers this time period a couple of times. But we're going to hear in 11 because it's going to get down to the nitty-gritty. Now, you believe, you'll hear the historicist and you'll hear all these people try to blow this stuff off. You'll hear them try to, to just center around, oh, that happened then. All we're doing is just waiting on such and such. No, you better pay attention to what the Lord is saying, you better pay attention to what's going on around you. You're supposed to occupy till he comes. You're supposed to know that we're, uh, Paul put it this way, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Are you ignorant of them? You're not supposed to be. You have the word of God and a clear brain and you're free, white, and 21 supposedly you should be able to figure, to get this stuff if the Spirit of God dwells in you. Because these spiritual things are foolishness to natural people. And you hear me quote that verse, those verses of Scripture, to you're sick of hearing them. But that's just the way it is. Start at verse 20, Brother Daniel. I want you folks to watch okay. this stuff now as it comes down through here, and I'll make comment as we go down. Daniel 11, verse 20. Then shall stand up in his estate a raiser of taxes in the glory of the kingdom. But within few days he shall be destroyed, neither in anger nor in battle. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person, to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom. 
but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Yeah, see, this caused a lot of people to say, oh, Obama's this person, Obama's, oh, there's been many people that's done this, okay? And people try to make, this is talking about that little horn that it talks about in, in the book of Revelations and in Daniel 7. So continue on, brother. Verse 22, and with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the covenant. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up and shall become strong with a small people. <laughs> that small people, that's a, but I'm not going to go there. Go ahead, brother, verse 24. He shall enter peaceably, even upon the fattest places of the province, and he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey and spoil and riches, yea, and he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds, even for a time. Okay, like I said, I quoted Paul. You're not supposed to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Okay? You're not supposed to. Oh, by the way, I will throw this in there before we go any further. The one that came up with this deception about the, the, the round ball and the space and all that stuff, all the moon, that wasn't a Jew, by the way. Just thought I'd throw that in there. That was your people. All you that all you think about is a Jew all the time. Just thought I would throw that in there. Copernicus was not a Jew. Galileo was not a Jew. Lyle was not a Jew. Darwin was not a Jew. You want me to go on? Go ahead, brother. Verse 25. And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with, him, with a very great and mighty army. But he shall not stand for they shall forecast devices against him. Yea, they that feed of the portion of his meat shall destroy him. Okay, I want arms. you people to keep up with the third person plurals, with these pronouns, the they, the them. Keep up with that. It's hard to follow this, uh, those down through here, but it's imperative that you do to understand what's being said here. The they's and the them's and all that. That's important. See, those words are important. Go ahead, brother. Yea, they that feed of the portion of his meat shall destroy him, and his army shall overflow. And many shall fall down slain. And both these kings' hearts shall be to do mischief. And they shall speak lies at one table, but it shall not prosper, for yet the end shall be at the time appointed. Okay. You got these two kings? Who are they? I don't have a clue. Neither do you. But it's in the future. It ain't right now. Or if it is right now, they have it, the manifestation of, their, their, of what they're doing is not being made manifest yet. But to see this time appointed, they shall be at the time appointed. Yet their end shall be at the time appointed. This, these supernatural entities know there's a time appointed. That's the reason they speed up things. 
That's the reason it tells you in Revelation that Satan knows he has been a short time. He, he's ticked off. Revelation 12. Paraphrase. Go ahead, verse 28, brother. Okay. Then shall he return into his land with great riches, and his heart shall be against the holy covenant, and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. At the time appointed, he shall return and come toward the south, but it shall not be as the former or as the latter. For the there's, ships of there's another time appointed. You keep up with that stuff, folks. See, it's little phrases and words like that that shed light on all kind of stuff that some of you folks have no clue about when you study. It's little phrases like that. They're not there for, by chance, see. They're, they're, the Lord put them there for a reason. It's up to you to search out the Scriptures to find the reason. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman needed out to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, folks, but the honor of kings to search it out. Proverbs 25, verse 2. Go ahead, brother. Verse 30. For the ships of Chittim shall come against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant, so shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. There's that third person plural again. There's that them. Who's he talking about? What is this them business? <laughs> what covenant's he talking about, folks? See, this is where they get up this Jewish covenant and the Israel. That's where they get all this stuff. It's where they, they, they come up with this stuff, I see. And a lot of the history, oh, they're helping. Them. No, they, that's, the, that's the beauty of Daniel chapter 11, is if the, any historicist teacher try to tell you this has done happen, he's lying out his teeth. Well, I take that back. I'm not going to call them all a liar. They're deceived, okay, because it hasn't happened yet. And some of the historicist teaching is so vague and ambiguous, you kind of wonder where in the world they're getting what they get <laughs> because they refuse to believe in the dual fulfillment of prophecy. Okay, go ahead, brother. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Amen, brother. As they were marrying and giving in marriage. That's them, they. During the time of Moses, yep, that is them, the those. You got it. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel 11:31. An arm shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. Oh, by the way, there's no, there's no manuscript in the world that has that word sacrifice in it, folks. I just thought I'd throw that in there for you. It's a daily something or another, but it ain't. There, the word sacrifice, there's no Hebrew manuscript in the world got it in it. Go ahead, brother. Verse 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity and by spoil many days. Okay. You, you, you want the, the killing fields of the dark ages? 
the human torches of Nero's day are not going to hold a light to what's coming at the very end. And the ones that are not preparing the people for it, hey, it might not happen in your time and in my time. I hope it does because I'm ready to see my Lord and Savior. That's my spiritual man talking. The fleshy man, the carnal man says, well, maybe it's for somebody else. See? I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. That's my personal desire. Go ahead, brother. Amen. Verse 34. Now, when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with a little help. Now, that they, that they there, it shifted that they is the people that do know their God and do exploits and the ones that are being that are going to be martyred. They're Amen. going to be killed. Some of them's going to go into captivity. This whole deal right here. All right? Go ahead, brother. But many shall cleave to them with flatteries. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white. Even now, to why, the time I can't miss this opportunity to teach you what I said last night. And they that understand shall be blessed. They that understand shall be kept safe. They that understand shall be separate from everybody else and not have to put up with what's going on. Is that what it says, Brother David? No, it says they're going to get a hundredfold blessing. <laughs> it says they shall fall. Why? Amen. Why do they fall? What I taught the you purge. last night, folks. What I taught you last night. You can't beat this book with a stick if you just believe what it says. Go ahead, brother. Start verse 35 and, and start reading again. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. There's another one of those times appointed and I can you can rest assured that this is talking about the body of Christ. You can rest assured that this has nothing to do with the whosoever will. These people are made white. They're purged to make white. Now, if you knew your if you knew your Bible, your mind would immediately race to the Book of Revelation, talking about the bride. <laughs> See, check out what white and pure. See, you need to check those words out. Run the references on them. See what it's talking about. They'll be tried. They'll this church, this body of belief, this body of Christ, this bride is going to be purged. There will be no um, John Hagee junk going on with the bride. There will be no Rick Warren stuff going on with the bride. The wheat will be separated from the tares. The possessors will be separated. From the professors. Guess three. I'll say it again. 
the professors will be separated from the possessors. Amen. So no worrying about those folks that claim this and are not history. They were that the, the time is appointed that that's going to be ta- that that's going to be taken care of. Go ahead, brother. And this year part comes before the Lord returns with His holy angels and plucks the tares out. So absolutely, all those folks who are waiting to be part of the army to run over the Jews and throw them into the fire. Well, <laughs> there's an appointed time here first. Absolutely, absolutely, brother. Verse thirty-six. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods. Big G of little G. Absolutely, brother. This is Second Thessalonians chapter 2 in a nutshell right here. Paul goes right back through it in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. This is a person. This is not a this, this see that what blows my mind about these people that think that it's it's a group they got this group that oh it's the Jew it's this it's that no it's a person it's it Paul says and that wicked shall be revealed the son of perdition who does exactly what Daniel tells you he's going to do all the way back here in Daniel eleven thirty six. Paul tells you the same thing in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And when we read this stretch right here, Scripture, I'm going to have Brother David go and show you that I'm not making it up. Go ahead, brother. And shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that is determined shall be done. Amen. Turn over to 2 Thessalonians 2, and let's see what Paul says about this guy. Okay. They hear it calls him a king, and he says he speaks things against the God of gods and magnifies himself above every God. We're going to see a little bit more here in Daniel, but I want him to read 2 Thessalonians 2 because some folks just won't turn and read it themselves. Okay. What verse? Just go skip the first part of it and go to where he starts explaining about this guy that's going to pop up, this son of perdition. But you okay. just start at verse 5. All right. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned to believe not the truth, 
but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Amen. Belief of the truth. You've got to have it before you can believe it, folks. That's the reason I started the program out like I did. Back to Daniel, brother. Okay. Verse 38. Just read verse 37 again. Okay. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, and a God, little g, whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. This guy's an Israelite, folks. Because he don't regard the God of his fathers. He's possessed. He's a, he's a transhuman. Something another's going on. He's that wicked. That wicked one. Capital W, Second Thessalonians 2. That does signs and wonders. Daniel eleven thirty six up above here in thirty you know thirty five thirty six and thirty seven magnify himself above all verse thirty seven but in his estate shall he honor this so called God of forces huh where's he come where's this coming from God of forces whom his fathers knew not. Shall he honor him with gold and silver, with precious stones, and with pleasant things? Verse 39, Brother David. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with the strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many. They all oh, shall... did you see that? Did hmm. you catch it? Them. Well, I thought it was yes. one. No, it's them. <laughs> Folks, you see how important it is now to pay attention. He said this is a God of forces, singular. Then he says, shall cause them, cause them to rule over many. Hold your place right there at that comma, Brother David, and turn to Daniel 2 and read verse 43. If you folks think I'm making this stuff up, Daniel chapter 2 Oh, we're going to go all the way down to the ten toes, the final bunch that's here, the kings, the ten kings, and see about their physical makeup. Those of you that haven't been with me before, the ones that have, you need to refresh your course in it anyway. That's who Daniel's talking about here in verse 39, the God and the them. This is right there at the very end. And now we're going to the very end in Daniel 2. The last ten kings of the kingdom. Go ahead and read it, Brother David. Verse 43. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. But they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. 
See there, it's, it's at the, the very end, folks. It's it's it's, it's a jumping off place. It's at the time appointed. Daniel two forty three is the them of Daniel eleven thirty nine. <laughs> All right, back to Daniel eleven, brother. Okay. Verse forty. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him, like a whirlwind, with chariots, and with horsemen, and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries, and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. Drop down to verse 45, brother, and finish it on out. Okay. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. Yeah, he's got an end. And he plants his tabernacle between the seas in the glorious land. I wonder where that is. Between the seas? Hmm. See, if you was reading it, if folks of you, you that study, listen to me. If you were reading down through here and you saw this, especially the ones that download some of the people that, that is trying to come in to this persuasion from the Judeo-Christian bunch, okay? And you've been taught that this all, every bit of this has got to do with that, with the, our old homeland overseas. When he gets down here to verse 45, and you, you see, I know how Judeo-Christian thinks because I used to be one. <laughs> when you see glorious, holy land, holiest mountain, you immediately think of Israel because that's what you were indoctrinated to think. Am I right, Brother David? Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, let me tell, show you why this cannot be over there. And it's right there in the very verse because mm -hmm. he plants his tabernacle between the seas. There are no two seas over there, folks. <laughs> There's not two seas. You say, well, that's ambiguous. That's just one verse. Go to Joel 2 and see that the army, the, that supernatural army is pushed into the western sea and the eastern sea. See, you've been taught that was talking about Jerusalem and overseas. Well, Jerusalem don't have an eastern sea and a western sea. Well, there's just two places. Go to Zechariah chapter 2 and read about it there. Folks, you have to study. You're tasked by the Lord. He's given you the truth. You've got to study it out. Some things are concealed. You have to search out the matter. If you're a king and a priest, like it tells you, says you are in First Peter, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings to search out a matter. Anything you want to add to this, Brother David? We're going to close. And he shall plant the tabernacle of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. The holy mountain is the government of God over his people Israel, and in this land he's going to plant his own tabernacle right in the land of God's government. And that speaks specifically of the nations, the white Christian nations of the world, specifically, I would say, North America, with the seas on the east and the west, just like you said, Pastor Dan. 
you mean Don? Don. Sorry. I, I, been, I know who you've been. <laughs> I've been reading to. Dan. I know. Uh, <laughs> you just told on yourself, brother. You just told on yourself because I my know. My son is Dan too. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll give you a break on that one, brother. Anyway, folks, is there any questions in the chat room? I'm missing a while. You, if, if you've got any, I'll be talking while you write them down. If you've got any, folks, this this flat Earth thing is a big deal. You talking about you? It's it's it, there's people divorcing over this now. It's dividing families. I I've search, I I have listened and searched this thing out and researched and researched and do every single already have today. I can't, I'm keeping up with this because I know that this is going to play a major role somehow. I haven't got it all figured out yet. I mentioned before the program started that it could be flipped with these thems <laughs> that we just got through talking about, or that that uh, God that um, his fathers knew not, that little G God. It could be flipped if it's revealed to say they did it. I'm sure they'll try if it is revealed. But then on the other hand, I made the statement the other night that this possibly could have an effect that I haven't foreseen, and I totally teach against it. I would be wrong, I would, and I would, I'd have to bow the knee to the book and say I was wrong if it happened. And there is one spot in the Word of God that seems to elude that there is a possibility for it to happen. Now, now, now I'll put together what I just got through scrambling, okay? Or try to. If this dome is discovered and made public, and like we said earlier, it's the proof of God, folks. It's the proof the Word of God's true. It would cause a major shift and paradigm shift in the whole world, especially even among God's own people. Because that's how far they've been led astray. Well, I don't have to tell you that. Look around. All right? Look around. But it would say, God is here and he's watching you. <laughs> and he's closer than you thought. Now, would that make people decide to take a deep breath and start doing right? I say and have taught and will continue to teach that no, it wouldn't until I'm shown different. Because I know what's in man, and so did the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells you that. I, and, and, I've, and I have taught you the, the bottom line is the sin factor, not the, S, not the plural sins, but the sin nature. That's what I've taught you. And I will continue to teach that until I'm proven wrong. But I'm saying there is a place in Micah that seems to, it, it, it's ambiguous. It seems to indicate some type of revival. Go back to Micah, brother, and we'll end here in Micah um, chapter 4. I want you to scroll down there to where it talks. And Micah chapter 4 tells you, it plainly lays out the building of the, of the, the rise of the white Christian nations, especially the United States, North America, Great Britain, Canada. It, it purely shows that. And then it, then it shows you the fall. After getting to such a pinnacle, it shows you the degeneration of apathy toward the end. But later on, it makes some statements that nobody's got down. I've heard people try to pull.
pull it out of context and and make it this, make it that, and allegorize here and allegorize there. But we're going to read it, and I'm going to leave this possibility out there because I could be wrong, okay? I'd have to say I was wrong, and I would. Wouldn't have any problem. be praising God if it happened, all right? So go ahead, Brother David. Read on. Just scroll down through there. Do you see where it talks about seven shepherds and eight principal men? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, just start reading, but start in verse 1 and let everybody see the historical context and, and see the history unfold in front of their eyes. Okay. Micah 4, verse 1. But in the last days it shall come to pass. Oh, by the way, let me just let me just say this. The last days started at the resurrection, okay? It, when it says the last days, it doesn't necessarily mean right there at the end time like it did here in Daniel, Okay. It doesn't necessarily mean that because the last days started at the resurrection. You know that because the Apostle John tells you in his epistles that this is the last days, okay? And he's writing back then. Go ahead, brother. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. There's your government. Yeah, this, and this, it shall... this part down through here, folks, this... This demands a metaphorical type teaching, like Brother David just talked about the government. This dictates that. The scriptures themselves will dictate when something's allegorical or metaphorical or symbolic, okay? And this is, this is one of those places. Go ahead, Brother. And it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it. And many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among many people, and rebuke strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Now, the Judeo-Christians will tell you that's talking about the millennial reign. That's what they'll tell you. Go ahead, Brother David. I'll show you where it's not. Verse 4, But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts hath spoken it. For all people will walk, everyone in the name of his God, little G. And we will walk in the name of the Lord, our God, big G, forever and ever. In that day, saith the Lord, will I assemble her that hateth, halteth, and I will gather her that is driven out, and her that I have afflicted. Okay, the greatest... Migration, the greatest migration of our people took place in the United States and in North America. They came from all over Europe and all over the world to North America. That's the greatest migration of our people that's ever taken place from every corner and every tribe. Just thought I'd throw that in. Go ahead, brother. Yes, amen, and the Lord drove them out from his presence and divorced them, didn't he, Pastor? Yes, he did. Verse 7, 
and I will make her that halted a remnant, and her that was cast afar off a strong nation. And the Lord shall reign over them in Mount Zion from henceforth, even forever. There you go. And, and, and I'm telling you folks, that sounds wonderful, don't it? That Everything's glorious. There can't nothing go wrong, can there? Go ahead, read on, brother. Verse 8. And thou, and though, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come, even the first dominion, the kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. Now, why dost thou cry out loud? Is there no king in thee? Is thy counselor perished? For pangs have taken thee as a woman in travail. Okay, now if that was the millennial kingdom, where is the Lord Jesus Christ? See what I mean, folks? Mm, yes. See what I'm talking about? You've got to pay attention to what's said, folks. Go ahead, brother. Verse 10. Be in pain and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in travail. For now shalt thou go forth out of the city, and thou shalt dwell in the field, and thou shalt go even to Babylon. <laughs> Everything's wonderful. What in the world has happened? In the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, proud, boasters, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. That's what happened. Go ahead, brother. There shalt thou be delivered. There the Lord shall redeem thee from the hand of thine enemies. Now also many nations are gathered against thee that say, let her be defiled, and let our eye look upon Zion. And you are but, being inculcated, infiltrated from every Tom, Dick, and Harry race in the world, you white Christian nations. You are being encompassed about and absolutely. infiltrated by every swinging soul in this world. That's what he just read. Go ahead. But they know not the thoughts of the Lord. Neither understand they his counsel, for he shall gather them as the sheaves into the floor. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will make thine horn iron, and I will make thy hoose brass. Okay, this is, this is the point. This is what I'm talking about, folks, the possibility, what he's just started reading. Start again, brother, where it says okay. arise and thresh. Arise and thresh. O daughter of Zion, for I will make thine horn iron, and I will make thy hoofs brass, and thou shalt beat in pieces many people, and I will concentrate their gain unto the Lord, and their substance unto the Lord of the whole earth. End of chapter. Go into the next chapter. Okay. Now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops he hath laid siege against us they shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon the cheek but thou Bethlehem Ephrata thou though thou be little among the thousands of Judah yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel whose going forth have been from of old 
from everlasting. Therefore will he give them up until the time that she which travaileth hath brought forth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel. And he shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall abide, for now shall he be great unto the ends of the earth. And this man shall be the peace when the Assyrian shall come into our land. And when he shall tread in our palaces, then shall we raise against him seven shepherds and eight principal men. Okay. This Assyrian is a type of that wicked. It's a type of that king in Daniel 11. This is Syrian is talking about here. You remember in Daniel 11 where we read that there will be some that do know their God and rise up and do exploits? Remember yes. we just got there reading that? Well, it says here that our palaces, then shall we raise against him, against who? Against that wicked, seven shepherds and a principal man. Continue reading, brother. Verse 6. And they shall waste the land of Assyria with the sword, and the land of Nimrod in the entrances thereof. Babylon, shall... Babylon, mystery Babylon the Great. Go ahead, brother. In the entrances thereof, thus shall he deliver us from the Assyrian when he cometh into our land, and when he treadeth with our bo within our borders. And the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people as a dew from the Lord, as the shower upon the grass that tarrieth not for man, nor waiteth for the sons of men. And the remnant and the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people, as a lion among the beasts of the forest, as a young lion among the flocks of sheep, who if he go through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. And is there any Jews who have any symbols of lions? Of course not. But who has the symbols? We do. The white Christians have the symbol of the lion all over the coats of arms of so many families. Amen. Amen, brother. Verse 9, Thy hand shall be lifted up upon thine adversaries, and all thine enemies shall be cut off. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, that I will cut off thy horses out of the midst of thee. Okay, and I want you I... to stop right there. I want to bring to your remembrance, folks, something I know you folks probably don't remember. You remember me explaining to you when we went through that little John and Isaiah, whenever you see the day of the Lord show up, remember me talking about that, Brother David? In that day, when it says in that day, you can always look out for what's coming. In that day, well, here it showed up again. Go ahead, Brother. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, that I will cut off thy horses out of the midst of thee, and I will destroy thy chariots, and I will cut off 
the cities of thy land and throw down all thy strongholds. And I will cut off witchcrafts out of thine hand, and thou shalt have no more soothsayers. Thy graven images also will I cut off, and thy standing images out of the midst of thee. Bye-bye, Washington Monument. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. And Statue of Liberty. Yeah, Miss Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye, all those gods in Washington, D.C. Go ahead. And thou shalt no more worship the work of thine hands, and I will pluck up thy groves out of the midst of thee, so will I destroy thy cities. Bye-bye, and I, you Judeo-Christian um, megalithic churches. Go ahead, brother. And I will execute vengeance in anger and fury upon the heathen, such as they have not heard. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, folks. Do I understand everything Brother David just read? Not a chance. Can I put it together completely? Not a chance. But I will tell you this. You can go to Isaiah chapter 2 and read through Isaiah chapter 5, and it gives you a discourse and a different slant on everything we just read. I've told you that many times before. They, they, they start out verbatim. Uh, Micah chapter 4 and Isaiah chapter 2 start out, the first three or four verses are identical to one another, letting you know that one here in Micah is giving you a rendition of what's going to happen in the, that, that Micah had in his prophetic eyes, and in Isaiah chapter 2 through 5, it gives you another rendition of things that's going to happen through Isaiah's prophetic eyes. Just think about it. Check it out. Don't you take my word for nothing. Anyway, is there any questions? Brother Kevin. No, sir. Okay. There's no question, Brother David. You got anything else you want to add to tonight? Psalm 19.1. And I want to read this one verse because we talked about hiding God and hiding the enemies of our souls and of God. The one-third that fell, the fallen angels. And I want to read what King David said. Go ahead. To the chief musician, a psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament sheweth his handiwork. <laughs> right there. That's fantastic. Amen. Folks, I'm telling you, remember Brother Don told you this. This flat earth thing, it's going to be a big deal amongst the remnant. Trust me, it's going to. It's too, it's too huge. It's too huge among Bible believers. Like I said, the allegory metaphor guys, they can just fly kite. They can take it either way because, like I said, they can explain anything away they come across. And that's what they do and destroy the Word of God. But this is going, if this grow, it keeps on growing, it's going to be a big deal and it's going to play a part. And as, as things unfold... Keep your eyes peeled and ears to the ground. Study it out yourself. There's ways you can prove this to yourself, by the way, folks. And when Mark Sargent, if I get him on, he'll explain to you some of those. There's ways you can do tests yourself to prove this to your own self. All right? Number one, I'll tell you, forget about gravity. They don't nobody even know what gravity is. All right? When the Bible plainly tells you everything's held together by the word of his power. 
You want to know what gluon is that CERN's looking for? It's Jesus Christ. It's everything's held together by God. That's it that's is. that's your particle that they're trying to find, and it plainly tells you what it is in 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 the Word of God in Colossians chapter one. All right. If you believe the book, you would know that. All right. But keep your mind, keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears to the ground. Remember, this could play a big role before the Lord comes back and for before the end times are in a culmination here, before the um, millennial reign starts. But anyway, having said all that, Brother David, if you would, Brother, go ahead and dismiss us in a word of prayer. And folks, we'll be back Friday night, and uh, I will... Through the next few days, and Brother David, I want you to do the, the same thing, if you will, Brother. Try to try to tie every bit of what we've been over in the last eight programs, and let's see if we can culminate it Friday night and come up with yeah. some scenarios that might take place, okay? Okay. Okay. Good. okay. Father, we give thanks for this majestic view of your Holy Scripture, your Word, which is the absolute, unmitigated, unchangeable, truth that our foundation of our mindset of our psyche of our spirit of our soul of our body is formed together by it and we acknowledge that whatever you say is right just and true and noble and we lay down our own thoughts and we will study your thoughts and we ask that you continue to impart these truths other truths clearer truths to us all as a people, your people, your children, to all those who are in the chat room, to those who download, to those whom you call that you bring to this archive. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for your anointing to teach and to bring your people to a humble obedience to your word. And we thank you that you continue to change us day by day, Pastor Don and myself and everyone else, that we're continually being changed if we're willing. And we thank you for that, Father. I pray that Pastor Don wouldn't have any pain tonight, that he'd have a good night's sleep. I pray for all of us that everyone would have a good night's sleep, if it pleases you, Lord. And I pray for blessings on people, everyone here that you know where they need a blessing, Lord. They need a, some kind of breakthrough, and I just believe for them tonight, Father, that you will bless them with a breakthrough. In the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen, amen. God bless each and every one of you guys in the chat room and, and you downloaders as well. When We will see you Friday night. Brother David, you can go ahead and read out that contact information. Yes, the contact information. Uh, it's for Don Spears Ministry, telephone Three three four, three nine seven two three three three. Email Joy Don. That's J O Y D O N nineteen fifty three at yahoo dot com. Address three one five five. That's three one five five Louisville Street, Apartment D one. D is in Don. D one Clio. C-L-I-O, Clio, Alabama, zip 36017, 36017. Thanks, folks. Thank you, brother. God bless each and every one of you guys. See you Friday night, Lord willing. Bye. Good night, brother.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.